Hey friends, welcome to the His Beloved of Texas podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Kendra, and we're two moms that live across the street from each other. And between us, we have 10 kids. We live life together, have fun, and we just want to share that with you guys. We are so glad you're here. On this podcast each week, we think everyone needs a little bit of hope. And we want to tell stories of hope, of how God has changed people's lives. He's shown up in good times and in hard times, and and He can show up for you too. All right, we hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to His Beloved of Texas. I'm Megan, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, we have the greatest guest. She is so much fun, and I can't wait to see her face-to-face one day and hug her neck, but for now, the podcast will have to do. Her name is Danielle Noonan, and Danielle is a Catholic worship leader, speaker, evangelist, and youngest of 14 kids. Isn't that amazing? Gotta love a big Catholic family, it's the best. And I met Danielle through the internet of all places. We became friends on Instagram and I just adore her heart. We said, you know, we could sit and talk for hours because we have so much in common and the Lord is just stirring our hearts in the same way. And she is just a woman who wants to follow the Lord. She lets the Holy Spirit lead her life and she draws others close to her and just leads with love. And on this episode, Kendra and I really wanted to talk to her about how do we love our Protestant brothers and sisters well? What does it look like to be a Catholic who stands in the middle between, you know, the Protestant world and the Catholic world and say, you know, we have more alike than we have different. We can learn so much from each other and we can draw one another to unity and also What does it look like to just live your Catholic faith out loud for people to see so that they start to ask questions? And when they start to ask questions, then maybe it's an opportunity to evangelize. So we have a ton of fun. And guess what? We have a top secret big announcement. And we're going to wait till the end, but then Kendra totally spills it. So (laughs) be on the lookout for that. And on this episode, Danielle was in Houston. And so we're recording over Zoom and it's not our best audio. Luckily, Kendra and Danielle sound really great, but I sound a little funny. But luckily, I'm not speaking very much. So you get to hear the one who really matters. And that's Danielle. And she pours some beautiful wisdom on us. So hang in there with that sound quality. I promise we'll make it better for the next time. And I hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Hey, welcome back. Hey, Kendra, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> okay, so we are on Zoom today, which Zoom is not my favorite way to interview people. I wish you were sitting across the table, but we have a guest. Me too. We have a guest that we are so excited about. We've been um, just really wanting to spend time with her for a long time. And it is Danielle Noonan. And Danielle is a Catholic worship leader and um, speaker and just beautiful woman of God. And I, we've actually, we were together the first time we saw Danielle. Yes, at the Blessed Ushi retreat. Was that three years ago? Three, four? In Houston? It was a while ago. Yeah, probably a few years ago. You rocked my world. Yeah. You absolutely rock. Oh my God. You are just such a beautiful avenue of um, lifting my holy, my my heart up to Jesus, and and it wasn't performance based. Like your heart was, was so deeply in love with Jesus, it was just so beautifully, so beautifully led. So thank you yeah. so much for that. Thank you. When you see a worship leader that is just in their own worship, 
Yes. Like oh, they're yes. not singing a song to me. They are singing the song to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I just get to be part of it and come along for the ride. Like that's yeah. my favorite. And yeah, yeah you totally amazed me that day too. And we were talking about you the whole time and on the way home. And then I realized when I got home that we have a mutual friend, Becca. Yeah. And that at the time, yeah. I think it was like two days later, she was like, oh, my best friend sang it, blessed is she. And I was like, darn it, I was just <laughs> You yeah. would have had to fangirl her. I would have. <laughs> so anyway, so oh I started following Danielle after that. And um, just your heart has been like what's drawn me to you. Like the way that you love other people, the way that you lift up the faith and um, the Catholic faith, but also do a beautiful job of um, ministry within the Protestant world and just kind of standing in the middle between both and loving each other. And I just, I love that about you. That's awesome. Yeah. So are you ready? I feel like, Alison, I'm coming back. I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to call, call and just have y'all affirm me. You know, <laughs> can I just have some more affirmation from y'all? <laughs> well, you're coming in June. Why like, don't you book it like a week early and just hang out with us? So should we tell them now? Yeah, let's do it. Did. Yes. Sorry. I'll let it out. <laughs> but I'm so excited. Sorry. So we have a huge dun, 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 dun. We have a big announcement. So you know that um, on every single podcast, we say, what's God doing in your heart? Uh And we got that from uh, Mary Bielski and Mary and Danielle had planned to do a um, a tour together right before COVID. And did y'all even get to do any stops on that tour? No, we didn't. No, we didn't. It was just a total, didn't happen. But now. Yeah, but now. Now. Mary and Danielle together, and uh, we are so excited. Like, like two huge, powerful, yeah, just women of God, just in the same room, and it's just going to be amazing. And I, um, this is a little awesome. bit crazy, but I was in the middle of a prophetic prayer call yesterday, and mm-hmm. I, I just got on to listen. I wasn't planning on um, participating at all, <laughs> and they kind of called me out and said, "Megan, we've been praying for your ministry," and I was like, "Oh, how do you even know I have this ministry?" Um, uh-huh. The, the way they described the night that we're going to have, um, actually the words that they used was, he said, I see an angel and he's going around with a set of keys on a ring mm-hmm. and the women are coming in covered in sludge and the keys unlock the heart of each woman and the sludge falls away. I mean, and that. The- oh, wow. And yeah, and he said, and the tears are falling and mm. the ground is covered in healing. And I was like, mm-hmm, that's that's what we're doing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So no pressure or anything, but like that's yeah. Oh my God, man. Oh my God. I love that so much. Yeah, we are so pumped about this. And June um, 18th. Um, we're really excited about it. So back to where we were going. So yes. you are a mom of three boys. Do you want to tell us anything else about you? Yes. Any questions? Oh gosh, mom of three boys. Uh, I'm a wife to an awesome husband who gets to put up with all of my craziness. I kind of feel like, like I have to tell Chris oftentimes, like, listen, you really got to pray for me to get to heaven. Okay. Like, please, like, you got to get me there. You got to get me there, please. (laughs) Um, No, he's great. He's great. I love our family. I think this past year has been like such a it's been hard in so many ways, but we've been all here together with all of our boys and not every day has been like fantastic, but at least we're all together. Mm. You know, I feel like God gave us opportunities to live out the gospel in like the really, really 
like tough and messy sense, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I kind of feel like we've been through like a war, like a spiritual battle in mm-hmm. a sense um, and kind of come out, uh, at least coming out, you know, much stronger for sure. We also have a farm. We live on a farm with lots of animals, which- um, Soggy Boots Farm, which I think is the cutest name ever. Soggy Boots. Soggy Boots Farm. And you know why it's called Soggy Boots? I don't know. I was about to ask. This. <laughs> it's called Soggy Boots because when we moved, it was a huge decision to move in the first place. We had renovated our house um, and we sold it super fast and we needed a place to live. And we had been looking at property, like retirement property and stuff for a long time, probably like six or seven years. We never found the right thing. And ultimately it was like, my kids have been in the same school forever. It's like all their friends and everything. And then we found this little farm right around the corner. The the kids were still zoned to the same school. And so we snatched it up. I mean, within like, I mean, the day I saw it, I think we put in an offer. Um, and we ended up like meeting the owner, uh, because we sent in essentially like a testimony of like why we wanted this property. We wanted it because we wanted our not just like our kids to experience uh, like living in a different environment, but we wanted to be able to have it as a place of community and a place of like respite for people Um, just to maintain sort of like a progress of peace, you know? Uh, And so when we met him, we're like, man, we never had anybody send us like a testimony with an (laughs) offer before. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's cute. And so when we moved in, it was raining and we all had boots on because it's kind of like sloppy and wet around here. Um, And so we would take our boots off and then uh, come inside and kind of unpack and we would leave our boots outside and sure enough, like it would start to rain. And so we would have these like wet, soggy boots that we would have to take on and off and like all the time. And we should have brought the boots in, like how dumb, you know, (laughs) I'm like, come on, like, don't make the mistake three times. Yeah. Um, and so we ended up naming it Soggy Boots because, you know, we all make mistakes. Mm. We make mistakes over and over and over, but like, we always want it to be a place of like, this is our home. Like we can make mistakes here and, yeah. you know, and learn from them. So that's I where Soggy Boots that. came from. <laughs> I just told Kendra the other day that you're having a worship night at your house on Saturday, right? Like you're inviting people to come and just be about yeah. to like gather people in peace with to sit out and worship with them yeah yes yeah yeah I mean I learned how to play the guitar Megan come on that was just yeah come on well my husband is a fantastic (laughs) triangle player as well so you know whatever (laughs) you get the pots and whatever whatever works yeah we have uh that was like the first thing I wanted to do um you know once people were getting vaccinated and felt comfortable kind of like getting together because before it's like we would have worship nights out here and just be like anybody would be welcome and mm-hmm. um and yeah we just sit outside we worship we have friends over um the friends the people that come have they always been just within your community that you see often or have you had people tell others and you know people show up that you weren't really expecting to come sometimes well yeah so lots of times it's our friends and then our friends will be bring friends Mm -hmm. and it was funny because last time we had it um I knew my girlfriend was coming and she had never come out to the farm before and she said oh is it okay if I bring my kids and I was like yeah of course like bring your kids 
And so my son and one of his friends were outside and, you know, in the backyard as we were setting up and her and her kids come in and they were like, oh my gosh, Lucas. Ah!" And they like run to each other. It was like this moment of like, they're just like running towards each other's arms <laughs> because they used to hang out at, they, at the pool. All oh my gosh. Together. And they're like, oh, that's so-and-so like we saw that, you know, all the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, here we go. That's so yeah, it's cool. It's stuff like that where you're like, you know, yeah. Come one, come all the more, the merrier. So yeah, that's oh, really wow. neat. What a oh, gift. Yeah. So are you ready for some fun questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. What makes you angry? <laughs> Uh, what makes me angry keeping like walking into the kitchen and seeing all of the cabinets open oh I've asked my kids to like unload the dishes Mm -hmm. and they're unloaded but like every single cabinet I mean how much like how many times I think it might be a boy thing no 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 (laughs) every I'm sure they're all open right now So I know y'all just moved into this beautiful home. What would be the silliest feature to make it into your dream home? I mean, like, what would you add to it? Yeah, what would you oh. add? Like, be anything, <laughs> like a ball pit. Who knows? I would add, does it have, could it be outside? Anywhere, yes. Or just have to be inside. I would add a zip line from the top of the house all the way out to the back pasture. Oh, fun. How, how far would so the kids can, so that, so the kids can drop in the pool. Um, <laughs> I don't know how it's, it's far. I mean, we're on, I mean, we're on like 10 acres. Wow. So it's, 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 it's quite, it's quite, we'd have to have a stop or two. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go yeah. flying. Okay. Maybe it's really for me, not the kids, but. <laughs> okay next question who's your hero oh gosh who is my hero you know what I would have to say my sister Mary because she um which and this sounds weird but she, she was not a believer mm-hmm. and we had very different um lifestyles And she lived with us for probably, um, I don't know, like almost six months. And I was really worried and concerned, like before she moved in, like, gosh, like, I mean, like we have a domestic church, like this is really important to us. Like, is this going to clash, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't really have a relationship with her. She's one of my oldest sisters. She is my oldest sister. Um, I'm the youngest of 14. Did y'all know that? Yes. we were. She just told me that. That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. So she's like my, my oldest sister. So we didn't even really grow up together. Um, and she taught me more about how to love like Jesus Mm. than anyone I have ever met in my life. Um, and I just can't, I mean, even now she passed away three or four years ago, but I still just cannot get over the impact of the conversations we were able to have at like our kitchen table, knowing the 
like uh, like just the foundational differences we had, mm-hmm. but Jesus still showed up within that space mm-hmm. and just grew my faith. Like I have never been grown before. Wow. So I would have to say Mary. Yeah. Well, how much older is your oldest? How, how much older was she than you? She was, um, 25, 26 years older. Yeah. 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 I mean, we have like three pretty significant in our family because my oldest brother is like 66 65 so that's amazing (laughs) that's amazing I love it that's awesome um so we can just dive into something with this question um I've just been seeing the Holy Spirit move in a lot of different ways a lot of different people just a lot of incredible movements happening and I would like Mm. to know where have you seen the Holy Spirit moving around you lately? Mm. I love that question. And I think it's so important. I don't think people get asked that question enough. Um, I have a friend named Pam and the first day that I met her, um, like, you know, when you just meet somebody and you're like, she is some kind of something like she's like a spitfire, <laughs> like, and I remember her just being like, Hey, let's just like cut to the chase. Like, can you just tell me like how God's moving in your life right now? And I was like, Yes. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Um, how is the Holy Spirit moving? Um, I have seen an abundance of people seeking like absolute truth Mm. and finding sort of like coming to the realization of Like I've been searching here. I've been searching here. I've been searching like on the internet or social media, like nothing fills me Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I actually looking for? And I mean, it's Jesus, you know, it's Jesus. Um, And I've witnessed quite a few times uh, of people being able to, get their sort of like first hands and first fingertips on what the Holy spirit is really up to mm-hmm. and who the Holy spirit really is and like why he's here. And it's like, you know, when you first like get that taste, you know, those videos of kids that like get a taste of ice cream and they're like, like, they just want to like, yes. Wasn't that so cute? I mean, I feel like that's how we are with the Holy Spirit. Like, yeah, once yeah. we get that, like, oh my gosh, like, I want more of that. Like, I am not leaving until I get more of that. Yes. And that's what I've sort of seen. Um, and so it's exciting. I sort of feel like I'm in a season of expectation of, okay, Lord, like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Like, what are we doing here? You know? Yeah, I feel the same way. Oh, that's why we do what we do. Yeah, because I remember that feeling. I still have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still have that like, I want more. I want more. Yeah, you know. But yeah, be able to yeah, or not give it to them, but facilitate them. Yeah, being in the presence of the Lord. Just oh, there's nothing better. There's nothing, better. nothing better. Yeah. Oh, that was a great answer. There's nothing. Yeah, better. that was a really good answer. Mm. 
you survived the questions. Good oh, job. Was that, it? <laughs> that was Thank it. You. Yeah. yeah. I did it. I want, I want my gold star. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then you also have um, just joined with a new podcast, right? The Tethered Podcast. Yes. About that. Oh, yeah. Tethered podcast. Um, it sort of came about because we've been having lots of conversations at the church where I work. Um, it's a Baptist church. And it's such an interesting place because I'm a Catholic woman. The worship pastor is um, an African-American, grew up in the African-American Pentecostal church and community and stuff. And the pastor um, is Baptist and he has like a radio background. So he knows he's a, First of all, he's like a fantastic pastor. He pastors so well, um, but he understands the importance of stories. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that connected us all uh, was that we really love to hear people's stories. Yeah. Like we, like you're so important. Yeah. I mean, it's it's what makes all of our world so interesting and so intricate, and um, and so we sort of. Uh, the leadership, the pastoral leadership just was like, Hey, why don't we just start to tell people stories and give them an opportunity to tell, you know, about how God really rocked their world Mm -hmm. and how they've been transformed and how they, you know, from, it could be, you know, how they're building kingdom culture within like entrepreneurship or Mm -hmm. um, through nonprofits or through music or through whatever. Um, It doesn't, you know, God doesn't, doesn't take for granted that, you know, we do something that we think is like, you know, little or small, Mm -hmm. it's never little, little or small for God, you know? Yeah. And so that's the whole, that's cool. That's That's the whole part of it. I love, I love the phrase building the kingdom culture. Um, Mm. And I would love to know, or just to dive into a little bit, um, how we can do that better, especially as Catholics, how can we build that kingdom culture Mm. better? Oh gosh. I mean, I think we really, I think there's a few things. I think one of the things is to have really honest Mm self-reflection about loving ourselves Mm. and, you know, do we love ourselves? Do we, are we loving ourselves because we feel like uh, we've produced something that is acceptable or valued or worthy? Or do we really love ourselves because, you know, we're a child of God Mm -hmm. and that we have an Abba, that we have a father that loves us. Um, And I think after we do that and we start to sort of like see the parts of our brokenness that um, have sort of inhibited our uh, communication with people, when we start to sort of walk that line and do some healing, like we can love people so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I firmly believe that committing to relationships um, through that process, that is what's transformative. I was listening to- um, Please tell me. Restore the glory. Yeah. It's Dr. Bob Schutz and uh, Jake Kim. 
So Heather Kim's husband. Yeah. And they're both Catholic pastor. I'm sorry, Catholic psychologists. And so they talk a lot about like just being healed and releasing wounds and yes. where God is like trying mm-hmm. to wound your heart. And so, right. The one I was just listening to, it's not the most recent, but it was about family wounding mm-hmm. and um, the mother wound and just about how, like, as yeah. all of us have some, you know, a lot of us have some wounds that we're mm-hmm. carrying around and how, when we heal those and we work on us, then we're much more able to give back out. Like we can't give yes. what's hurting inside. You right. Know? It's, it was fantastic. Right. And um, I've that. So I, I never thought about that as a way yeah. for the kingdom, but that totally yeah. makes sense. Like if we're not if yeah. running on empty and constantly hiding right. hurts and pain, then we can't love others. Right. We can't love others well anyways. Yeah. Right. That's good. Right. And that's what we want. Like you, you want someone to say like, like that was it. Like, why are you showing me mercy? Like, mm-hmm. why are you loving me through mm-hmm. this? Like, why are, why are you here? Well, it's because I love you. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean we don't need boundaries and, right. you know, the, pro- the proper, you know, boundaries for relationship. Um, but it's all, it's all relational, mm-hmm. you know, that's where it all starts, where it's all begins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we practice like loving well, the Holy spirit is going to take us to places where we can be confident enough to share the truth of our church mm-hmm. and the truth of the Eucharist and the beauty of the Eucharist. Yeah. Um, and not stay and, in our own little, own little bubbles right. and in our own little walls, but like allow right. that relationship to let you go outside of your own right. circles into others, right? Because yeah. we have a tendency to kind of yeah. Oh, yeah. Ourselves yeah. Yeah. And other people, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's so much harder to work on ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm so good at working on other people, <laughs> you know, like I'm so good. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But you really, I mean, it takes time and effort and like, I'm mean, energy that, I mean, as moms, yeah. it's like, golly, like, how am I supposed to do that? Like, I just have to keep these kids alive, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when I, um, I had gone to a counselor after my sister passed away. And I remember her saying, um, we were talking about like grief and like grieving. And um, I was like, you know, I'm trying to help my kids walk through like their grief and like my husband walk through his grief and like, I know I need to grieve. Like, I know that, but like, I don't want to like break down in front of the kids. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, why not? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I mean, that's ugly. You know, like <laughs> really, really messy. Yeah. Like you don't want to see that. And she goes, that's exactly what they need to see. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because you loved her and that's what love's about. And I was like, dang it. Okay. Fine. <laughs> You know, but it's like the hard yeah. stuff. It's the hard stuff. It's like yeah. the hard stuff to get to the good stuff. Yeah. So Kendra and I so. had this heart for this episode. We already told Daniel this, but I'm gonna tell you guys. <laughs> we had a heart for this episode. Um, I'm a convert to um, Catholicism. Kendra is a revert. Were you raised Catholic or are you a convert also? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're raised no, Catholic? Yeah, I was raised Catholic. Okay. 
So I became mm-hmm. Catholic after I met my husband, but not because of my husband. It's just like God knocked me off my feet one day. Swept <laughs> you off your feet. Literally like, I yeah. mean, fall down, but pretty much. <laughs> like yes. I felt the Holy Spirit in a really strong way. Yeah. But because of that, I kind of live in between two worlds of being raised Protestant and still having, um, you know, my family and my friends. And then now just mm-hmm. loving being Catholic, like mm-hmm. loving it so much. And, um, and I think there's something to people who are not Catholic seeing us like really living out our faith, like going, wow, I, I've mm-hmm. had so many people over the years tell me, I didn't know Catholics really yeah. believed in Jesus like that. Yeah. <laughs> or really had a relationship yeah. with Or prayed like that. Or prayed. Or, right. Yeah. And because I think there's kind of the stereotype of, you know, the Catholics who go to mass on Sunday and, mm-hmm. and that's it. And so I've really enjoyed kind of living in the middle of that. And, um, and even when my mom, mm-hmm. um, when I first became Catholic, she wasn't real thrilled about it. And when I got married in Catholic church, neither of us were thrilled about it. <laughs> but I did it. Um, that's like the one thing I owe my, my mother-in-law. She made me get married in Catholic church. And I'm so grateful for it now. But back then I was not <laughs> happy about it. Um, but now it's a good thing. So anyways, but my mom was pretty kind of angry for a little while about mm-hmm. it, you know, and, um, and I wasn't really raised in much of a faith at all. So it wasn't like I had a strong think something else to hold on to. But um, after a couple of years of her watching our family transform, then she got curious about it. Wow. And then she started, I know, and it was so neat mm-hmm. to see the way the Lord worked in her heart. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she decided she wanted to join our CIA. Well, she had an annulment to go through and all of this. And um, she was in RCIA for four years. Wow. Like, I think she was the like, wow. record of someone who, <laughs> like the most well-formed new Catholic there was, because she went through the whole cycle. Yeah. Every year, every year. And, uh, but she just was so determined to become Catholic. And I think if it were yeah. me, I would have walked away. Right. Because it wouldn't, I would have been like, well, they don't want me. Or, you know, I just wasn't. It didn't fit. I, yeah. yeah. I just, mm-hmm. and, and there's so many other options that are easier sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was like, she wasn't backing down, um, but it was something about that witness of seeing us live out our faith that attracted her. And, and I've seen it since then too, in other places. But what I find so neat about you, Danielle, is that like, you kind of live in the middle of both worlds. Like here you are, Catholic, mm. loves the Lord, loves her faith, you know, beautiful <laughs> Catholic worship music, but you you work at a Baptist church. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that is right. so cool. So what do you, are you um, one of the worship leaders there? Is that your role or do you have a different role too? Yeah. So the reason that how it all even, well, and I've always really worked, I've never been on staff at a church. Um, this is like the first time where it's like this consistent sort of thing. Um, but I've always had, um, like really good friends that were Protestant. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of all started because of my friends and then friends within churches would need someone to do music. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, I can totally do that. Um, and so with Sienna Ranch, the worship pastor um, actually ended up getting uh, having cancer and he needed someone to fill in. Mm-hmm. And I had called him right before uh, he went into treatment. And, um, and it was funny because I had had a conversation with Chris like probably a week before. I was like, I will never be on staff at a church. Like, <laughs> not happening. Not happening. That's awesome. And I'm on the phone, like with, uh, with Oliver and Chris is in the car and we're trying to like talk about stuff. And I was like, what do you really need? Like, how can like, we just serve you right now? Because he, they didn't have health insurance. Mm. Um, and so they were having to do all this stuff in the church was able to raise all of the money that he needed for, wow. um, 
for surgery and for treatment. And he was like, I really just need someone to cover me for like, you know, six or eight weeks. And I was like, Ooh, okay. (laughs) And Chris was like, I really think like, like you need to be doing this. You need to be doing this. I was like, okay. And so I committed to the six to eight weeks or whatever. And I met with a pastor and, you know, and I'm coming in thinking like, do they know I'm a, a woman? You know, like, do they know I'm ca- like Catholic? Like, this is like so, it's like so bizarre to me because I grew up in East Texas where it was so segregated. It was segregated by race. It was segregated by religion. And I was like constantly in a state of apologetics, like constantly, wow. like, no, like, believe, like, believe me, like, I really do love Jesus. Like I do, I do. Right. You know? right. Yeah. And so I was going in with these like preconceived like and life experiences and there was a I mean when I met the pastor I mean he was so like he really is interested in the traditions of the church mm-hmm. like the, the liturgical seasons like he asked to like for me to go and like take the whole staff over because the church is right next door like can we go and just like visit sort of like see how things like I was like, yeah, wow. come on, let's go. Um, like he's, you know, we we discussed like letter to artists, like when that, that JP2 wrote. Like we have such good, honest conversations. I'm like, I am a love in this place. Yeah, you know? Um, and so it has really been a like a, a place of like comfort and revelation I think for me personally um just to confirm in my heart that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. um because I mean we talked a lot about like I just don't I mean I I love my faith I'm not a liturgical music leader Mm -hmm. that's I'm just not I, I I can lead mass I love to lead mass um but my, my gifts are, um, are for corporate worship. Um, and, and it's funny because I'm very charismatic, but I love the tradition of our church. Mm -hmm. Like I love like going to Latin mass and like all of like the senses, you know, your senses are just like, Whoa, right. All of the things. Um, but my gifts are aligned with, um, a very spirit led and spirit filled approach to worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't understand it for a long time. It was very frustrating because I sort of felt like I couldn't find where I needed to be, but everywhere I was, was exactly where I needed to be. Yeah. Like our home, our home is a place of worship, mm-hmm. you know, like my car is a place of worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and after I sort of like stopped kicking the dust about, well, the Catholic church doesn't do this. And this is frustrating. And it's like, who cares, Danielle, this is not about you. Like, let's just go do what you're supposed to be doing. Um, It gave me more of an opportunity to lead worship, um, really experience the unifying effects of the Holy spirit Mm -hmm. um, and grow a deeper love for my Catholic faith mm-hmm. in a way that I could share it with other people who may, who, you know, hadn't experienced it before. 
Can I ask sure. you in particular how, you know, working with this Baptist church and leading worship there has led you to appreciate and love your Catholic faith, like specifically what areas? Yeah, for sure. Um, primarily because of the Eucharist, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would, I crave the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. I desire to be in the presence of Jesus in the blessed sacrament. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, although I, I love to worship and I, and I want to experience that with as many people as I can, because that's when like, I mean, like miracles happen, like healings happen, like all these beautiful things happen. It propels us to the Eucharist. Like it doesn't, it doesn't end there. It doesn't end. Like it doesn't end there. Like there's more. I always try to say like, there's more, there's more, there's always more like, yeah. Um, and I think the reason that we do the worship nights that we do is because I've kind of Mm -hmm. been in that place. Like you just described of, I love worship. Like I love Holy spirit filled worship and we don't have that on Sunday mornings and that's okay. Okay. I I don't need that to be part of my, my uh, mass on Sundays. I still want to have energy and the beautiful rituals. And then outside of that, that's when I can experience the Holy spirit. And I love that you say like, it propels you back to mass. Like yeah. That's, yeah. that's where we get to like really feel his, mm-hmm. his presence and yeah. blessed sacrament. Mm-hmm. And then that draws us back to church mm-hmm. for the actual mass. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like, you have to do your part. Like we're all participants in yeah. mass, you know, like we got to do our part and I want to do it well. And I want to be in a position with a posture of, um, like gratefulness and gratitude. Um, yeah. Cause openness. Yeah. yeah. Openness. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you. There's, I think for me, what I like to really look at is like, where are we more alike than we are different? Because sometimes, mm-hmm. like I said, we can kind of draw our little battle lines of like, well, if you're not doing X, Y, and Z, then, right. then I don't know that you're really Christian and things like that. And it's just, yeah. it's hurtful, right? It's, and it breaks down yeah. the body of Christ and, um, you know, Francis Chan's been talking about unity so much, and I yeah. love the idea of us like being united again. So what have you seen um, either that's alike or that has like drawn you closer that you can bring back to your faith? Because there's so much we can learn from each other. Too, oh, right? absolutely. Like, we, yeah. I, we're constant. I feel like we have so much to give to one another, mm-hmm. not just, you know, hold on to our yeah. own. But what, what have you learned from, from our, um, from your, from the Baptist church or from any of your Protestant brothers and sisters? I have learned that pastors are so important Mm. and that we desire to be pastored well. Mm -hmm. Um, We desire to be counseled well. um, And that um, we don't have to like reach a limit or like the height of like approached perfection to walk in the door. Mm. Um, I think growing up, I, I always, there was always like the, the laundry list of, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this because I have mass on Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, and I need to be good for mass. Mm. Um, and uh, and I, and I knew that it wasn't the case. I know, I know, like I knew it from a young age, it's like the church is a, you know, a hospital for 
you know, the sick and the poor, like that's where we go. That's where we go. But I hadn't really um, seen pastors be able to pastor people in a way that I have seen Protestant pastors be able to pastor, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may be because the churches that I have gone to as a Catholic are very large, yeah, mm-hmm. like massively large, mm-hmm. where unless you have a really, really close familiar relationship with your pastor, you just don't get it. And sometimes maybe that's a thing is that you have to seek that out. Um, but I witnessed, you know, a lot of the pastors that I work with, um, you know, one of, uh, Je- Jeff McDowell, who's a pastor for, um, Harvest Methodist, which is right next door to the Baptist church, which is right There's next door to the Catholic church. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, but he started to do this thing. It's called, uh, like pastors on the porch or something where he was like, you know, I'll just come over and like, whatever you want to talk about, like, we can just talk about, I just want to fellowship with you. I want to hear about your week. I want to, you know, here we can help. I can pray for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm like, man, I want that. Like, yeah, come on over over, pastor Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and so I wish that you know, and I, and I know in like the early church, like that's what the bishops, I mean, the bishops, there were so many of them like that, that was their job was to go and like fellowship and like be with people. Like I want, I desire that connection. And and I do believe, I think at some point, I think there's a lot of things that need to happen, but I, I do think that pastoral piece of our pastors Mm -hmm. can be regained. Um, I think our pastors are just really over overworked. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Spread so thin. Like, yeah. I, I, my church is a small, smaller parish with only one priest. And he said he spent Mm -hmm. a lot of his time at hospitals, Mm -hmm. which is beautiful. He's going to do administer the sacraments, but that takes probably like a week because I think there's like four or five um, hospitals in Mm -hmm. his geographical area. Mm -hmm. Right. Beautiful. Right. Like he's pastoring to those people, but I, it'd be so beautiful to be able to just, have conversations with the pastor and yeah and I guess can you not bilocate like Padre right yeah I know they're just working so hard yeah I think that's a call on us then to even deepen our prayer for vocations and after that in our domestic church and and that sort of thing just allow that to to come to fruition when you said you're the pastor on the porch I could totally see us like sitting on our porch and saying hey come back uh-huh. anybody wants to come by totally. and sit and talk yeah. and let's pray like why can't well, we well you do know that? what hello yeah we have why like, can't we do that lock of chairs <laughs> you don't have to be a pastor yeah I mean people just I mean, that's, want, that's the church we are the the church they just want to be yeah yeah they just want to be her yeah we could call it podcast yeah. on the porch <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love that. So whenever you you're at work and, um, not specifically when you're at work, but just living in the gap between, you know, being a faithful Catholic and working at a Baptist church and you have this thirst for the Eucharist. And, um, do you ever have the temptation to speak into that with, with them and just share the truth of, And and this is my thing. This is like what's so heavy in my heart. Like I go to my holy hour and I look at Jesus and, and I'm just in awe. And 
then I think about all of you that don't know that he's here and all mm-hmm. the people that would like their jaw would hit the floor if they knew he was here and that they could come right. see him, they could oh. come sit with him and just right. be with him. And um, at the same time though, I feel like almost like walking on eggshells in a way that mm-hmm. I don't want to come across as um, we have this, you don't, um, yeah. we're right, you're yeah. wrong. Cause that's not the case at all. You know, I, I've, Um, and I feel like we're sitting at the buffet and I want to invite the people over to feast without them feeling like you have less. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think it's a slow, I've talked to so many of my friends Mm -hmm. who, um, are Protestant about the Eucharist. Um, and it just comes from a place of, uh, like, (laughs) Yeah, especially like musicians that that work with me who are primarily like in, in my band or whatever, primarily like not Catholic. And they'll do, uh, you know, worship nights where there's adoration. They'll be like, why is he walking around with the golden orb? You know what I mean? Like, yes. what's, going on? like what's happening? Uh-huh. Um, and it just gives orb. you an, you know, it's like, you, yeah. it's like, well, that's the monster. I mean, you get to like, they've never experienced it's such an interesting place because it's such an outrageous experience. Right. If you think about it, like Jesus is being processed around and around the sanctuary. And then it's just quiet and he's there. Yeah. And it looks like he's just in a golden orb, but honestly, like it's just Jesus. And so if it's like, from a place of sincerity and desire and mm-hmm. like love, depending on your relationship. I mean, I'm just like, that's like Jesus. Like, that's why I'm here. That's why it's what I ultimately like desire. Mm-hmm. And it's the Holy spirit's job to, to persuade them. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, like persuasion is off the table. Mm -hmm. Um, because all I have is like the love that I can give. And for them to see me experience the joy in sitting in front of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um I love that. And I mean it's and it's the same thing with anything, like you know, persuasion is off the table. It's just not it's just not up to me. Yeah. Um, God's it's really more witness based. Like you're, you're loving the Lord in the Eucharist and they see you loving. And then they start to ask questions well, that's what, and then you, you can answer the question, right. but you don't, I, and then let the Holy Spirit do the Yeah. Rest. So when you were sharing your story with your mom, Megan, um, was there a lot of conversation like you talking to her? Or was it yeah. mostly witness? And then she would ask questions. Yeah. So in the beginning it was almost like negative. And mm-hmm. I asked the meanest questions in the beginning when I was becoming Catholic. So mm-hmm. I am totally okay with people trying to argue with me about the faith. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I did it too. Yeah. In here. Yeah. And you kind of have to. Right. And so she did some of that. And then it was more witness. Like she saw my life change. Wow. She saw my family mm-hmm. change. She saw the way that we were so in love with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then she started to wonder. Mm-hmm. And then she started to mm-hmm. ask questions. And um, yeah. And yeah. actually, what was really interesting about it is my stepdad is was raised Catholic 
And so my stepdaughters were, no, my stepdaughters. <laughs> you know, <how> stepsisters. <laughs> my stepsisters were raised Catholic, her stepdaughters, what else? And, um, but not uh, thoroughly catechized as um, mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. And they both met amazing men that they adore and men of God, like beautiful relationships. And at the same time that she was like clawing her way into the faith, they both walked away. Wow. And mm-hmm. so it's like, the, like that moment of like, you guys, like, I see you growing your faith in a beautiful, like yeah. they are so faithful now yeah. and their husbands have led them to the Lord, like in a hands down, that's like, praise Jesus. It's gorgeous. But I, I have that same feeling with them of like the way you love God now, if you could experience the only Christ, knew. Oh, it yes. just hurts my heart. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. And yeah. just hearing about people leaving the church and, and I understand there has been so much hurt. I mean, you're working mm-hmm. for a church. My husband has worked for church for years. Right. Um, right you see the humanity of the church, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the faults and, and people have been wounded so deeply in every single church doesn't. Um, and I have compassion for them because they are hurting, but yeah. do you know what you're turning your back on? Like there's yeah, nothing right. greater. There is nothing better. There just isn't. There isn't. And I think that's that unity. Yeah. Yeah. Like, God just calls us back together. Like he wants yeah. so desperately to yeah. have us yeah. all one. Yeah. I mean, the enemy yeah. is a creator of division. Yeah. Right. Right. And I, and I think that as, especially women of faith, those are things um, that we have to be able to recognize. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to recognize um the spirit of the enemy mm-hmm. and the spirit of the Lord and the differences and to be able to speak that truth in our lives and our relationships and our homes. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we can, it sounds so, I don't even know who it was. If you name it, you claim it, whatever name it, and claim oh, yeah. it right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you have to like name it and claim it. Like you have to speak the truth and it's over and over and over and over. And so many times, like when you get like a word of knowledge, it's always coming from the Lord to show how much God loves that person. Mm-hmm. Like people need to hear how much they're loved. They, they have to hear how much they're loved. Like our world is like throwing people to the side. Yeah. All of us. Right. I mean, at any sort of like, it doesn't matter who you are. We've all experienced that. Like nothing I'm doing right now is worth anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like, where's my value? Like our value is based out of like the heart of the father. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we just continually pour the truth and the love of Jesus into the people that we really care about, it gives an opportunity for them to recognize what the Holy Spirit's doing. You know, and it gives them the vocabulary and the toolbox. Like, you know, you have your emotional toolbox, you want your spiritual toolbox. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be able to like pull those tools out and be like, ah, okay. I remember who I am today. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember whose I am today. Mm -hmm. So the other thing that Kendra and I wanted to kind of just say is we know that, um, we have some fantastic, uh, listeners who are not Catholic and who've been hanging in with us this whole time and have probably um, heard us talk about the Eucharist so many times and our love for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's a little stirring in your heart. 
Maybe yeah. there's something that, that um, whenever we talk about it, you just have this like little tinge of wonder of, you know, what is it that they love so much about about the Eucharist? What is Everybody, it? What in the world are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, what is the Eucharist? Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, of course, that's, that's not Jesus. insane. It's communion. It's Jesus yeah. truly present in the Blessed Sacrament yeah. and Mass. My dog is making noises down there. She, Do you hear him? Dog is dreaming. <laughs> He's dreaming. And, but we just want to say, like, if that's you and you have questions, we want to be here for you. Like, come sit on our porch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hang with us. Talk yeah. to us. Um, ask us all the mean Argue questions you want to ask. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, you know, just don't be afraid to step into that. Yeah. We would love to um, mm-hmm. be there for you. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. All right. Should we do what God's doing in your heart? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Danielle. What is God doing in your heart? Oh my God. <laughs> what is God doing in my heart? Gosh, I think um, I think He's doing a handful of things. One of the main things that I've sort of gotten this sense with, and it was actually with a conversation with Mary Bielski, um, because yeah. I I have consistently like felt this sense that God is building up. Um, like a generation of fathers, mm. a generation of, um, of men who, uh, are healed and whole, um, to create strong and just spirit filled families and, and not just like biological fathers, but spiritual fathers as well. Um, and I was talking to Mary about this. Of course, Mary's is Mary's like, yes, yes, Jesus, like in the yes, Lord, you know, <laughs> and it, we, we started to talk about, you know, who, who we are and who we don't want to be. And I remember saying, and I just, I kept thinking about, I, I just don't want to be that old lady sitting in church with my rosary at like 80 years old and have, and just like, like have not, not done anything, but this is what the Lord said. This is what the Lord said. Cause in my mind, it's like, I just don't want to waste anything, you know? Yeah. And this is what God said. That is who prayed for this generation. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That is who yes, yes. That is who prayed for this generation. And I remember just being like, okay, Okay. I want to be the lady (laughs) in church with my rosary. Like, I mean, I just remember thinking, like, oh my gosh, like how simple of me, like to forget that there has been generations of people praying for the church, praying for mothers, praying for fathers, praying for like the wholeness of families praying for a spirit filled church, like for a yes. revival yes. within this generation of people to be like, stand up. Like God yes. has something for you, you wow. know? I love that. And that is what has been like pressing on me to just remember like every single thing, like he is using, like he is using Like every breath that I have, when I am like cleaning up cow poop, when I feel like I have done nothing this week, but close the cupboards, like it's all, he doesn't, he he uses it all, you know? 
And as little and as less um, that we believe his desires to be, our sinfulness never changes his desires for us. You know, he's Mm -hmm. always seeking us out. He's always desiring for us uh, to be closer to him because he has a job and a purpose for us to do for the generations to come within this church. Um, and I just feel so strongly about, I feel so strongly about that. Woo! Yo, I, I did. like it. I like it. I love when you hear stories of someone who has a big conversion and there was some little grandma with her. Oh, I know. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. I love that. What about oh, you, Megan? What's oh, my in your heart? word. <laughs> I have never seen the Holy Spirit move so much as I have this week in my life. I mean, it's been amazing. (laughs) Um, And I won't go into all the details because it's long. Um, But there's this one thing that's been recurring. It's really cool. Um, So I had surgery. Danielle had surgery recently. And we both watched The Crown. (laughs) Right, right. So I was, um, yeah, I've been watching The Crown, which is funny because I never knew any of that history. I feel like I learned so much about England. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, is all this real? I don't know. It seems real. Yeah. Anyways, so um, in the crown, she calls herself the sovereign all the time. The sovereign can, you know, has to do this. The sovereign can't do that. And um, even before that, I started like that word was like recurring in my um, scripture reading and devotionals and prayer. And it's been for a couple of months now. And it's like God reminding me of his sovereignty, of his um, like kingship over my life. Yeah. Um, a couple of days after my surgery, my dad came over to help with the baby. And my dad is not, um, not a man of faith. And I've always been praying for him to come back to the Lord. Um, and again, that witness piece, like mm-hmm. I'm seeing him kind of like inch closer yeah. and inch closer because we're living so boldly in our faith and he's seeing it. And he walked upstairs and he gave me this little tiny crown and it was like, like one of the, like the king would wear and it, and it had a fur lease on it and a cross. And he said, look, it has a cross on it for you. And it was from my grandmother and my grandmother was like mm-hmm. world traveler. So I don't know where it's from. Probably some, like has some amazing story from some trip. Right. I don't know. And he pinned it on my shirt. <laughs> like I'm in my pajamas. <laughs> and then I just realized that he had like, it was like this reminder of the sovereignty, like the crown yeah. that he put on me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then many times since then, I've seen this, you know, sovereign. And yesterday in that prophetic prayer, he prayed that there would be a sovereign outpouring of the Holy Spirit mm. over our family. Amen. Like, That's Amen. it. Yeah. There. And um, yeah, it's been really fun. It's been fun to watch yeah. like the Holy Spirit and where he's going. I feel like he's writing a whole new story for our family. Like there's, mm-hmm. I, I, a couple of years ago, I started writing down my story and I feel like that was only half. Yeah. There's going to be so much more of like what God does. Yeah. So that's yeah. wonderful. So fun. How about you? That. Um, so since we last recorded with Esther, I mentioned, um, or had the realization through Esther that Mary is calling me to the couch oh, yeah. with her <laughs> and, um, not putting me in timeout, just saying, <laughs> you know, out. <laughs> calm down there, little girl, come sit. Um, because I feel like even in my prayer time, like I've been waking up early and having prayer time and my mind is all over the place. Like I am mm-hmm. all over the place trying to figure out God, what are you telling me? You know, yeah. leading me in scripture, all this stuff and almost, um, trying to read into things too much. Yeah. And, and yeah. so Mary's like, Whoa, dear one. <laughs> yeah. Come <laughs> down, come sit with me a minute. And that's been really sweet. 
so in those moments when my mind is, is racing, um, and I'm trying to, you know, have some prayer time, I let Mary's words be my words and just pray the rosary. And it's been peaceful and it gives me verbiage. Mm -hmm. And I know that she's just drawing my heart closer to Jesus and being the mommy that she is. So, Mm. um, I'm just being there on the couch. We watched the Arlene Fatima movie the other day. I guess it's just called Fatima Mm -hmm. and I hadn't seen it yet. Mm -hmm. Anyone? I want to see it. Yeah. She's gorgeous. It was and really it, beautiful. It was so beautiful. And the way the kids love her, uh-huh. even though, I mean, they just like ooh and awe over her. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're going through all this terrible persecution. But Esther was here with me that day when we were watching it. And she goes, you know, the graces that Mary must have given them had to have been so great because they weren't afraid. Yeah. Yeah. They never right. backed down. Yeah. And that grace, it like whatever she said to them, whatever the words were, the way she looked at them, mm-hmm. the look in her eyes mm-hmm. must have just been so filled with love and grace mm-hmm. that they were willing to die for it. Yeah. Totally. Well, I think about that. Mary's eyes a lot. Um, and, and Esther again was the one that Esther's our friend. She knows a lot of things. (laughs) She's yes. Um, but she, she's the one that kind of awakened me to how her eyes were Jesus's strength through his crucifixion. Mm, And, and she would just present her eyes to him and she would just give him so much strength and comfort. Um, as he was walking the way of the cross and being crucified. And mm. she um, probably did that ooh. for the children too, right? Yeah. Like look at yeah. Her eyes, their strength. Oh, yeah. So she can mm. be our strength too. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's oh. right. So that's eyes. good stuff. Amen. That's my favorite yeah. part of every podcast. I feel like this is yeah. my favorite. Right? Like, yeah. Feel God's presence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, much yeah. fun. And I am so excited for June 18th. <laughs> yes, me too. City. Me too. Get to worship with you and oh, you guys. We'll introduce you to Esther. Oh, for too. sure, Esther. <laughs> yes, please, please. Yeah. yeah. You guys have no idea what's coming. <laughs> like I can just uh, have this sense of the power of Mary and Danielle together, and the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit is just going to blow. Oh, that was the other thing he said. There's an angel, and he's ready to blow the roof off the place with worship. Bring it. Oh, yes, oh, and we're oh, like, oh, yeah, well, actually, Lord. Danielle's coming. So yes, it very well can happen. He is ready to unleash like, yes. the the, um, the lid, wow. the lid that we mm. keep on our hearts and worship. He's ready. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. I mean, our hearts are being awakened in so many incredible ways, and I think this yeah. is one of them for women's hearts to be awakened and healed, mm. and um, for women to come back into touch with their own hearts so that they can, yeah, love and live freely. Oh, yeah. So. Amen. God is good. I know. Thank you, Danielle, so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. I cannot wait to see you guys. Y'all too. Awesome. Yeah. All right. All right. Have a good day. Go pick up the kids. You too. (laughs) Bye. All right, guys. Wasn't she amazing? She just is a beautiful soul and a woman after God's heart, and I can't wait to worship with her in Austin and with Mary Bielski, and the two of them are such great friends, and you guys, we're going to blow the roof off that place <laughs> in a good way, of course, Holy Spirit-filled way, and you don't want to miss it. There's going to be, um, Mary, she has a heart for allowing the Lord to speak to the wounds of people who need it, who just need to feel the presence of the Lord. That accompanied with Danielle's ability to lead worship and 
just pour out her heart to God is going to create the most beautiful worship experience. And I am pumped. And I hope that you will join us. I hope we get to see your face. I hope that if you come, you tell us, hey, I heard about you on the podcast because we love that. Last Friday night, we got to have our event with Paul J. Kim, and it was amazing. The Lord showed up in such a strong way, and I know that this one's going to be even more powerful. So you don't want to miss it. You can get tickets on our website, hisbelovedoftexas.com. They are $25 right now for early bird pricing. They will go up to 30 on June 1st. So go get them now. Invite a friend. Invite your mom. Invite your cousin. Invite whoever you want to invite, but come be with us. And if you live out of town, hey, come in for the weekend. We went to Houston for Blessed Is She to see Danielle, and you could come here to see her as well, and Mary. And if you would like to um, hear more from Mary, we have an episode with her um, from this season. So go find that one and listen to Mary speak some beautiful Holy Spirit truth too. All right, guys, until next time, have a great week.